welcome to the Laughing Monkey Music Show. Tonight I have a special treat, Ian Hatton. And, and this is this is great because a lot of people may not be aware of some of your stuff, but go, oh, I know that. You were the guitar player in Bonham, the original Jason Bonham band. He's had a few of them. Right. <laughs> and you guys came out. And, you, and, and but and here, here's the caveat I'll say that. That Bonham band was allowed to sound like Zeppelin. It had Zeppelin cred without getting in trouble for it, unlike like Kingdom Come or other bands. Like it was allowed. So Yes. Which yeah. was interesting, but you guys really didn't sound too much like Zeppelin if you dug into the if you dug into the, the album more and if you listen to the second album even more. That was a, a right turn. You know, I'd like to talk about that. But and then you've done a lot of other stuff and we want to get to it now. But a little bit of your inspiration. I don't usually do a deep dive like this, but there's not a lot out there on you. You know? <laughs> Could you share with your your early musical yearnings and your guitar and your love of music, how you kind of got from A to B and headed towards bands? Um, early, very, very early days. Um, actually, well, on, honestly, my very first uh, sort of inspiration record was Queen, Queen One. Um, <laughs> um, and then, I mean, condensing stuff, I got very much got into blues and 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 more, I guess more progressive rock. I was into you know, um, Soft Machine and uh, okay. you know, um, Brand X and and kind of that sort of that. I sort thought of you had like in your early music, like even listening to Bottom. I thought in your souls, I felt there was a, like a jazz influence with jazz mixes in a pro- progressive and prog. I mean, because it's because that. You know, the songwriting is similar. Yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. kind of what I, I was hearing because it, it felt like it was a little more complicated and a little more than just blues, it felt like, listening to your licks. You know, there's a little extra. Yeah, yeah. I Yeah, I, that that was, you know, and I, that was my, that's what I sort of lent to. And then and then I got sort of scooped up a little bit by the, if you like, the sort of, the honey dripper, the, the sort of local, I was lucky enough to be in, um, you know be a kid you know and sort of like 17 18 and and play with those people and um so that got me more into the sort of blues rock and roll right the the authentic sort of um learning that you know the the real way as it were um and then yeah so so the I mean, the bottom thing was a good combination because like jason was totally loved like like he was totally into american like yeah metal you know yeah and um i hadn't even like he played me like van halen you know what i mean i i hadn't heard of not hadn't heard of it but i i wasn't listening to any of that right was it it was not your influencing you you're aware of it but it was not like in your household where you're like oh look at that rift yeah exactly uh you know i was i was listening to freddie king Pink Floyd and Jeff Beck, you know what I mean? That's, uh, yep. That was my, you know, my kind of stuff. Um, and John, the keyboard player in Bonham, was he was similar. He actually he was more of a, a jazz kind of background, but he, okay. but but so it was an interesting combination of, for the band as well. You know, we were we weren't just like a bunch of Van Halen fans or something. No, like, you weren't. You know? And even if you listen to the song, it's it's. It feels more at more the atmosphere of the song is more than anything. The feeling, even for like the biggest Zeppelin part of the "Waiting for You," sounds like it's much more of the atmosphere of the sound. It's not even like a Zeppelin riff. 
It's just kind of a feeling of like in the evening, it's just a, a slight little thing. It's not really even a riff. Of yeah, that. that was that was the hope. You know, we were we you know, for it to for the feel like we were you know like I said we were all actually big Pink Floyd fans. You know, obviously Zep fans. You know, fan, yeah, like I felt like it's it was somewhat a a, a mixture, which you know every good band is is a right. good a good combination of a bunch of influences. You know what I mean? It's like. I mean, yeah, what you, you guys didn't have a chance, though, right? Out of, out of the gate, I mean, obviously, they're like, oh, we're going to do Bottom. But you guys all had different influences, and you guys all sound differently. And like half, even half of the first Bottom album does not sound like it'd be, you know what I mean? It sounds like a different rock record to me. You know, and, and I've got, been lucky enough, at least online, I never saw you live, but I saw there's some VHS shows up online. And they're a different show. It's not like a heavy metal show at all. You know? No, no, what, we weren't. We weren't quite... We were sort of in that that sort of hair, like hairband, if you like right. metal. But I, you know, I never really thought we were that. We were, we were, I, you know, we were. To me, we were a rock and roll band, you yeah. know, um, with different influences. And yeah, you know, we were the Zeppelin things. Obviously, we all love Zeppelin and Jason, you know, in particular. But you know, different. Obviously, a different thing for him. Um, but I felt that we kind of, you know, I always, always tried to kind of keep the, that sort of play that, the fight line of like. You know yeah, you I mean? yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I do get that. And you guys didn't get beat for it. You're one of the few bands I've ever heard that had any kind of influence. They really got beat for it. Because as you listen to the album, like, I, I, you know, going back and listen to it, I'm like, man, I don't really hear a lot of, like, members like, oh, it's the Zeppelin man. Like, I, I had to go back and listen to the first one again. Because I've listened more like Mad Hatter later in life, enjoyed it much more. But listening to it, like taking it apart for this, I'm like, Jesus, I don't really hear much Zeppelin at all, except for Jason's drums. He's very similar to his father because, you know, right. genetics. Well, genetics right. are great. <laughs> yeah. But but the music, and then, um, is it my right? Actually, in your website, you show something. I'm sorry, I actually up here because I wouldn't forget. Like, you did you co-produce? Oh, you co-wrote for the first album, but you you co-wrote you co-produced the second album. We all, yeah, we all, yeah, we all kind of chipped in and um, on the, yeah, on the second album. Yeah, we, we, we was all co kind of, the first album was Bob Ezrin, um, which was pretty fantastic. awesome. Yeah, and just a, for me, I mean, I, for me, I've always been the, I was always the one left and like I'd stay for the mixes and I'd stay. Right. You know, I was a student, probably right. a good guitar player. I just love studios and I was into that. Um, and Bob was just fantastic. And I learned uh, so much really in a short space of time, um, more psychological probably than, than even, you know, sounds, but, but just a combination. He was like really good without, you know, without, um, without you really knowing it. Okay, look, I'd ask you a question, more of a, more of a side note before we go. Do you feel like once you were in the band, or actually once you started like learning more recording, don't you think it gave you a different perspective on songs and songwriting? Like, like when you hear a song and like how it goes, you're like, I mean, even when you go to write a song, you're like, you kind of know the process in the band, like what the studio can do. Kind of, it's kind of like an extra, an extra skill set, you know, to add to it. Because I know when I went to college for recording, when I got done with college in the recording, I was like, oh, like songwriting was so different all of a sudden. Right, right, and and it's uh, yeah, and it's this again, it's that same, it's. It's like with songwriting, the, the, you know, you get that 
that riff or that 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 part of a song in your head and the first challenge is actually being able to recreate that yeah replicate that sound exactly and then which that was like a huge learning curve it's like yeah you have all these ideas and great riffs or whatever but you've got to you've got to make them come to life right and then and then as you say and then the trans and then translate that again into recording because it doesn't always necessarily you know it's not like oh got a great riff just go and record it you know it's good i think it's good whenever i see a guitar player that moved on and also you know this production but they've learned from as they make albums and from like a lot of great people like bob you learn so much a about people skills working with songwriting how to deal with people i've always said it's kind of like part of the biggest skills being a producer besides learning the the you know <laughs> the patch bay which is always the worst <laughs> but um and 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 uh splicing that was always the hardest too right uh, but yeah that's what that's yeah i did that i did that it was hard um but but learning all that is just to learn to not go on in it too deep into a song like too too overkill on like losing on sounds and stuff like and if you have if you have a good producer and you do a couple albums you learn to be like oh you have to cut it at a certain point you have to you know you just can't spend days and days doing something that's no you know. it's 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 you know um been really lucky work with like bob ezrin and then ron saint germain um did a bunch of bob still do stuff with ron um great producers and you know and it's like nearly everybody you work with really if you if you haven't done what you were going to do if you haven't got it in two maybe three takes whether it's a lead vocal a guitar solo or a track it's like you're probably not going to get it you know what i mean it's like if it's if it's taking too much work then it's right. not you know and i think getting sounds is kind of hard too i think the most forgiving part for me to get the right sound is drums in the studio because i think you need to do drums. You got you need to do them live. You need to do them in the studio. And you got to produce them right. They can't sound like you know, I don't know, like oatmeal boxes. They can't sound. I still hear people doing that. I'm like, oh, it's killing me. I hear these great songs and I hear these horrible drums still to this yeah. day. You know what I mean? I'm like, what a great song. These drums are horrible. Yeah, um, but, I mean, though, back in those days, it was like, okay, we've got like you know, a couple of days to to get the yeah. drum sounds, you know. <laughs> and they got crazy, but like SN58 here, they're going to put a pillow here, and I'm going to make this here, off the back of here, off the ceiling, and... We had a, you know. I mean, for the first album, we had a, we had a PA in the studio, and all the low end of the kit was going through, was basically mic'd up, um, and being played through, the, through a PA, as, so to get that sort that of... loud sound. Around. Yeah. That's crazy. I, when I was actually learning, one of the things I also learned when they, uh, my teacher said, when uh, Neil Peart recorded, they were actually taking uh, like a wireless, like, like a taping, like a, a mic to him, you know, like a small single one. So when he was drumming, and he, you know, you're also getting the sound. Oh, uh, right from from. I don't know which albums or how to confirm it, but that was like it, we had a class and we were talking about that option. I was like, that's a fantastic idea. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But um, I digress. So when you guys, so you hopped into uh, Mad Hatter, and now when you got a little more production, the songwriting changed totally. I imagine when you first came out, the band was kind of wanting you guys to be a certain thing. But by the second album, when you guys toured a little bit, it feels like you guys were more your own band again. Kind of like you guys were establishing your own sound and your own, who you guys are. For Mad Hatter, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It yeah, it was really, that was, you know, um, what you, you know, it was just 
the progression from the first album um it was just unfor it took it just took us way too long to make the record and then yeah. uh we just got wrapped up in record company stuff and then uh it, it just came out too late and was, which was a shame a real shame because um was it 92 was that was that actually the right date did right 92 came out <laughs> like, 89 yeah. was the first album then 92 and 92 yeah. is when everything came up um you know that's when the, all the bands started getting hit yeah. in in 92 and that was like because that was again that was another album that could have just been its own rock album you kind of you could have a little more time you could establish a different style of music of not being in that genre maybe carried on longer you know that yeah that that was the biggest disappointment you know um that again i you know it's hindsight you hindsight. know well, no one, I, no one I don't know there are there are a few reasons why the album took so long but it, it's some of it record companies some of it band you know it's just um, you guys were young too you guys are in their 20s right early 20s so I mean, yeah geez. yeah mid mid 20 you know it's like we if we you know that if that album had to come out you know maybe like 91 right it would have been just that enough to sort of uh i yeah. think to have established us you know i think so too i think it'll give you more legs to, to at least go yeah. on and, and have some, some kind of thing but after that album, so I mean, that's pretty much the demise of the band shortly after that, right? How long did you guys get to tour at all? We toured that. We went out with um, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer, actually. That's uh, pretty cool. Once again, very different than the hair band. So it was very. It, yeah. And I mean, it was honestly, it was kind of a half hearted attempt by the record company. They, we, they'd, they'd kind of like, they'd. Yeah. Yeah, everything was changing in the music scene, and they, I feel like it was just a bit of a, you know, <laughs> our part, you know, well, we'll do, we'll put this out and we'll, we'll do this video. And yeah, you know, that's uh, better than some bands by 92. I know a lot of bands just got pulled off tours and just got lost their contracts, and yeah, they were having, yeah. and they were having good sales and they weren't having a good tour. So, yeah. you know, but after that, I'm, I'm looking over here. So you actually did some other, bluesy big legendary bands you you work with paul rogers and you did some honey dripper stuff can we expand on some of those those are some pretty cool things yeah the the what the after the bonham thing we did motherland which was well like in between well, i think it was actually after the bonham yeah it was after the after the tour me and jason did the paul rogers uh, Muddy Waters tribute to Muddy Waters album, which was which was great. It's a great album. I didn't, in fact, I didn't even realize it was you at first because at the time I didn't even go through like looking because there's like a million people on an album credited. I didn't even dig through and put two and two together. I just like I'm like this is a good album. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun because it was it was just ba it was basically uh, Jason Pino Palladino and myself and Paul and and we we just we are we sort of arranged all the tracks. Yeah, I played. I played guitar on all of the tracks to sort of put them down and put everything. And then, and then all the other guitar players came in. Some of my guitars are left some, some tracks. I'm, it's all my guitars, some tracks, it's a couple of bit, you know what I mean? Or no guitar. Yeah. So I didn't, didn't really know how, what the outcome would be, but I'm pretty well weaved through the whole album, you know, and none of the, the parts really change which was nice so. <laughs> that's a great it's a great album too so that's, that's pretty cool 
So from there, what were you guys doing? So you guys, could you, could you and Jason keep going on after that too? Were you guys still trying? We did. We we did uh, Motherland. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, which was still on the same label, different singer, Marty Fredericks, Fredrickson, who went on to write hits for like you know Aerosmith, Aerosmith, Faith Hill, Cherry recently. Yeah. I hear his name a lot lately. Yeah. He's. I mean, he's super talent. You know. But he was very much of that, like he came in and was, he's one of, like, he's one of those songwriters. He's brilliant, but it's just like, okay, this is what we need to write when, you know, for this, for today yeah. kind of thing. And um, so it was, it was, I, I, I love the album in the end. It was great, it, but it still was like, it wasn't really that, that kind of band that, that um, the Bonham was. Right. It was us truly just playing, you know. Jamming it out and writing. Yeah, it, it, it lost, it lost the, even though it's still, you know, it still um, had, you know, all of our heart and soul in there, but it just, there's. And that, other, other, and other heart and soul too. That just wasn't yeah. the same, wasn't the same kind of band you wanted. That's all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. He's, and, he comes in and kind of juices up songs and tweaks things out really good, you know. But if that's not the band you wanted, I mean, no matter how good somebody is, you know, yeah, it's I not feel that. Like, yeah, it's just at the end of the day, it's not, it, it's, it's really just not quite, it's not sincere, is it? You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, it's Brit, like Marty is as crikey, he's gone on to be like hugely successful. Yeah. Um, but, um, but it's, he's brilliant at just going, okay, I'll go and work with Foreigner and write songs for Foreigner and then, Aerosmith, and, which is amazing, but I, I don't, I don't even know how he does. That. It's interesting. Kind of like he's kind of like a psychologist and like a puzzle. Like obviously, knowing songwriting so well, he's a puzzle maker, a puzzle builder, where he can kind of take all the pieces and look at it and go, eh, it just needs this here. Like he just can figure out the recipe to kind of right, ju right. to juice up the song that might just be you're like, oh, it's good, but it's just missing something. He's got the ingredients, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which is you know a, a great talent. Um, so let's keep going. So what, what happened from there? Is that when you guys finally started to separate a little bit? So yeah, from after that, Jason wanted to do, um, yeah, I think that was kind of, after that, Jason wanted to do the, do like the, in the name of my father album, I think. Yep. Which, he, he wanted to go on in, into the, and I, I just never, um, we always, you know, he's, Jason is, you know, I was his best man for Christ's sake. Right. And, you know, we're, we're best friends. Um, but still, I was, uh, I was in the Bonham days, I was known as like the, the Zep police, if you like, because it would be like, if it, if it was too close, it was like, you know, we, you know, we can't do that. And so I was, I always wanted to try and be us. And, um, and so to do a, to do a out and out Zeppelin uh, album and stuff, I just, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't for me and uh, nor could I in my playing I'm not going to try and play like Jimmy you know what I mean right that's somewhere you don't go <laughs> I hear you it's, it's actually kind of good to have that that Jason had a, a good friend that he trusted also as a sound meter to be like hey maybe we should pull back or this is my opinion you know what I mean it's always good because you always have people you know in your ear I'm sure he had lots of people in his ear so oh, nice to have a friend or a mate being like you know what yeah 
know. Yeah, no, we used to, it was, and, that, and we did try and, you know, but, but that, like, as I said, when he, when he wanted to do that, was that was just like, okay, I, I want to go, you know, I want to do the, the, the Zep tribute, basically, you know, um, which just wasn't one, something that, right. Neither I wanted to do or I would be good at, you know. So, so that was that kind of where we parted company, if you like. Not certainly not as friends, but just as you know, players. Right, right, right. I mean, he's continued on to be his. I mean, I think he's established himself now to be his own person. You know, you can't yeah, compare. He... And it's hard to compare an artist anyhow. But it's just like it's like earlier, like Dweezil Zappa, Frank Zappa. Dweezil is his own fantastic artist onto his own. Obviously, it's the family lineage. Or, or with um, uh, what's to say, Eddie, Eddie Van Halen's son, you know, or or who's fantastic. We saw him play guitar. Like they've got it in them, but they're not their they're not their parents. You know, they are their own talented artists. That they, you know, how it goes. Um, right, exactly. But for you, where'd you go? Because at this point, you were a, a lone gunslinger there, guitar slinger. From there, I went. Um basically formed a band like again compressing things a little bit but basically yeah. moved to, to uh to new york and formed a band called lux um which did you know we 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 had a moment we did uh we did a couple of albums and it was a great band and and, and ironically we've all been in touch recently about doing something that's a bit of oh, a, very cool the uh the bass player is now playing guitar in Enough's Enough. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, we, so we're still in touch. The, you know, the singer I was married to at the time, so that's, that's a whole other thing. But we're, oh, wow. we're, we're still, uh, we're, we're, we're good friends, so, and she's doing good. So, um, and then from that, that lasted probably six years maybe so that was in the nine 90s right probably up to the end yeah, of the 90s. Late, late yeah late 90s mid 90s mid to late 90s into the yeah because we did we had the motherland thing and then and then actually me and jason went back out we toured with paul rogers after motherland we made the album before yeah. and then we ended up a bunch of touring with him um which was great um and then yeah then then did lux thing and then from that, I worked. Yeah, I worked in a studio up in um, in Massachusetts called Longview. Um, yep. Great, fantastic studio. And um, I started to just. Um, well, actually, I went there to do work on some stuff. It wasn't Lux. It was just with um, with Katrina Chester, who was the, who was my partner, at, my wife at the time. Mm -hmm. um, so we did. Um, we were doing like a like a solo thing for her. Um, and the Bonnie, the, the, uh, the woman who owns, uh, Longview at the time, she sort of came to me, she's like, have you at least said, like, you ever thought about producing other people? And I was like, no, no. And she, um, I'm like, I said, I'm there, I couldn't do that. And she's, and she's like, but that's what you're doing. <laughs> you're producing this. I was like, okay. So, um. So I worked with this, uh, I think that I did an album with Eileen Rose. Um, and then I just started working up at, at Longview doing produ production, some things I was playing on, some things I was just producing. Um, 
and that's where I met Steve Thompson. Did a yeah. bunch, did a, um, did a Kitty album with him, a Cheap Trick album, um, engineering, you know, which was all great. Um, yeah. And at the time I was there, I was worked. We started doing some wacky stuff with Bose Corporation. Yeah, and recording for them. And then I met, you know, it's this is all. Um, yeah, then I met this guy from PBS, and I and I always wanted to do like TV stuff, you know, film. And um, so I, he gave me like I, so I did a couple of little shows for him, um, and again, you know, again condensed. It, but um, so I from there I I I got hooked on the sort of um, the film TV. How does that work? Do you guys get do you get like a treatment for an idea, and you you bring a sound in? Timed out, or are you actually getting some rough footage with an idea that they want you to come in or that you get more free reign? It they, it all varies, and it's you know like say with the, that stuff which was PBS, it would be pretty pretty open, but but a, but you knew it's PBS, so it's got to be you know right. it's, yeah have a certain tone, so you got to um, you know toe the line with that kind of thing, um, which, but which is still fine. Um, that, but the film work that, that I've, you know, I got, I've, I've done quite a few films now and they, they, um, you know, one guy I've been working with for a while, uh, and, and done three films with him. Um, and it's nice cause he just kind of, he would, he may have some music. He may be like, I really want, you know, the intent tracks. So you, so you might be trying to, um, not copy, but, but you want the same vibe that the temp track gave you know what i mean right and then other other parts of them you know you just scoring or 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 the whole movie you know and with him with some of that stuff i uh which which i've never done before which i literally just watched and played and uh which is pretty scary it's amazing that you just kind of fell into these jobs yeah yes it's i mean it it's there obviously there were gaps of times and different things right, going right, right. Yeah, I get but, but um but yeah I, I i luckily sort of just kind of a little door opened somewhere and you're like oh, i just wander down there and you know see where see where that right. takes me. and and obviously because i you know because i can engineer produce play guitar, I can program things and, you know, then it, you become like a useful, for, especially in that world, it's like, you you know, you're a one man show, basically, when there's more money, then you can hire people to, to do right. you know, what they should. Um, but, you know, some of the times there's not so you, you know, you're playing keyboards and, and guitar, and you, you know what I mean? It's, so it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fun. It's interesting because only a handful of guitars I've talked to from that time period, and, I, and it's a lot of them are because a lot of them didn't um, go crazy, didn't hear a lot about them, you know, partying too hard or being so notorious. They just kind of did their music, geeked out in the studio, learned a lot about production, and just kept their head down and kept working. And by reputation and just kind of doing it, these other opportunities have presented themselves by other people in the industry that, hey, you know, you know, and there's only a few people I've heard do, do that, and you're like one of them, you know. Just yeah, it's, it's 
yeah i think it's i mean i love studios so it's like that's um i miss um i miss the long view days where there was a bunch of us in the studio and and the, you know because it's i know when you know when the whole covid thing happened and i i got a film to do and um you know everybody's going on about what's going to happen and it's like jobs and it's like yeah like, that's my job description i sit in a room on my own for like most of it <laughs> right <laughs> you know what i mean so it's like uh, it, it's um it was quite funny really but no not funny but you know no, no I mean. it is pretty funny because it's like how the, well, for, actually for me i do it so right i was actually being trained for work meetings for zoom and then COVID hit and all of a sudden i'm like the most in demand person because i have been working with zoom prior now everyone's kind of got their feet into it you know what i mean i can't tell you how many people doing this show i've i've helped to do learn zoom you know so it's you know it's how technology just falls in your lap at times it's, it's pretty funny <laughs> But I have seen, there are some clips you have been playing out a little bit though, right? You still play out. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, uh, there's a few, few interesting things. Um, three, was it probably, well, probably like four years ago, I did a tour with uh, Debbie Bonham. Um, um, ironically, her, her husband, who's a guitar player, her guitar player was playing with uh, he's, he does like a free tribute, um, thing for, with Paul Rogers. Yeah. So then, so they, they were, they got this show opening. There was Ann Wilson, Paul Rogers, free, flipping the bill, um, with, uh, Jeff Beck. And so me and Deb, Deb got to, uh, open up that tour just the, as a duo, like, so wow. just, um, that didn't open, suck. No, it was uh, it's, it was Rogers and Jeff Beck. Oh, I know. It was. I mean, he's he's my you know, my all time favorite guitar player. So it was yeah. uh, to hear you know to see him play every night was just ridiculous. Um, I I right. think great to play. Debbie's like an amazing singer. So that was uh, a fun sort of. I think it was like two month tour in the in the summer doing like sheds basically with that's really cool and because you were producing and you're your own boss right now right so you could kind of do that yeah it just it worked out you know um and then um this past like you know this past july was my um big uh big 6-0 birthday you know <laughs> so went back home went back home to to have a bash there and played with, which was basically, you know, some of the original members of the Honey Drippers. Um, and, um, and we, and including the member of the, the Honey Dripper who got up and did a couple of songs too, which was fantastic. Um, but now, and now they're, they're coming out here to do the same here for, for like three gigs in New York in uh, November. Like with Robert or? Not with no, no, no. It's totally, totally a fun thing, you know. Um, obviously, it would be lovely if Robert was around, but you know, <laughs> it's uh, it, you know that the whole birthday. It was just it was a fun, a fun yeah, thing. And, it sounds like fun. And he I, and he got up and did a couple of songs, which was fantastic. And um, you have a better chance of him doing a honey dripper than you do have him doing a zeppelin, though. So yeah, yeah. Vocally, it's a little bit different. It's you know, it's the perfect range for him right now. You know. Yeah, and we ended up doing like a 
Cliff Richard song and and uh, you know <laughs> he always wants to do something that's you know... <laughs> yeah he's he you know he's never stopped surprising me I just saw him on, online um doing a guitar solo like now he's out there you know not gonna slow down <laughs> no he's not and then right he shouldn't have to I guess he's just too much talent to stop um that's really cool so where are you at now I mean you got you got, you have you got a couple things going on. Yeah, I've basically got another another film starting in well, in about the next couple of weeks. Which to, should, the summer's been sort of quiet, but a bit of playing, been doing some blues gigs locally, um, and just you know doing that and brewing a bit of beer. And... Yeah, let's talk about that. What happened? So... <laughs> How that happened? It's well, it's like a lot. It's uh, it's you know an age old sort of thing of living in America. And every time I go home, it, it's like the beer got so much better in, in America in terms of like craft beer and everything. But yeah, but um, still would go home and be like, Oh my God, I can't find a beer like this. It's just driving me crazy. So <laughs> I, uh, I've got a, you know, local brewery back home in Budley and um, talk to them about it. I'm like, you know what, could I, you know, could, this is, a few years back and i'm like could i make this and they're like yep <laughs> and and uh so yeah very long story short but i i sort of kept at you know i kept kept at brewing and um as a you know as a hobby basically what i'm doing right stuff. and then then the, the the pandemic sort of came along and um i was like all right i could dig out my basement and and uh, get licensing and put beer up, put proper English beer, cask ale at, the, at my local pub. So that's I I actually did did manage that. <laughs> so you're still doing it now? Is it still? Uh... Yeah, it's it's sell it sells really well actually. So it's it's like I've got the studio upstairs, a brewery downstairs, and it's like <laughs> sort of a perfect musician's place, right? <laughs> It really is. That's crazy. I mean, and it's funny because like beer and there's like just certain things like, you know, like when you start something, you're like, well, you know, I'm going to have a garden. Next thing you know, you've got way too many tomatoes. So you're at a point now, like it, it gets too much for one person to consume. You know, you're giving it away. You start making beer, you start brewing, you start getting it done easier, cheaper, do bigger batches. Next thing you know, you're like, you got to go somewhere with all the beer or you just become a super alcoholic because I, you got a lot of beer there yeah, to keep going. I, it was funny because there, there was a moment there where I, where I had like way too much beer in the house, but right. right now I don't, I don't have any of my beer because it's, it's selling, it's, uh, which is, uh, I guess, a good thing probably. That's crazy. So are you like the only one making it? Is it just you, or do you have like somebody actually helping no, you no, doing it? No, I've been just you know doing it on my own. So it's 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 kind of, it's, it's like music, you know. I. I like making things, you know, I like making, making mute, like there's a, I don't know. I feel like there's a recipe to everything, you know, and, and I know it's completely different to music, but it's still, but it's not, if you think about the it's artistic, um, creative, it's making something and. Well, what's happening with, I'm sorry, with a lot of people, same thing, you know, when music stopped, all of a sudden people are painting, how many guitar players and musicians are painters now? A lot of them are cooks. You know, right, right. Because you need to do, yeah. It's like the high, you know, doing the hired gun thing. It's like I could never, I, and I, I'm not particularly good at it either. But 
um, I just couldn't like to go out on the road and and just play somebody else's music, which which the Paul Rogers thing was, if you like. Um, but that was Paul Rogers, so it was you know it was, it was stuff that you grew up with as a kid. Right. I mean, so to play all right now it was like you know who wouldn't want to do that? Well, it's not really the cover song. If you're playing with the artist, you're helping them yeah. do some music, but it, you know. But it's still it's at the end of the day, after a while of doing that, you like you're you're out on the road and you you're playing like one hour a night or whatever you're playing, but it's not your music, so you're not. You know, I don't feel like after a while, it's like, okay, this is good, but I'm not really doing anything. You know what I mean? I'm just, I'm just, yeah. playing, you know, and that, I, I suppose that depends. I'm just what type of person you are. I think it depends on the artist because it, cause there's no right or wrong, but just like you'll have like singers that will sing and be bands, but then you'll find people that do like American Idol, which to a lot of people feels no music. And then it's just more of a performance with a good voice. I'm not slagging them, but it's way different than, singing and, and writing and having a band and you know what i mean it's like two different yeah. things or if you're in a tribute band some people love playing the same songs over and over again you know what i mean and some people are like i can't you know it's just who you are you know it's no right or wrong it'd be boring if everybody did the same thing you know? yeah exactly it's one of those isn't it? it's just yeah i i don't i i never have um even when i was i know you know learning to play i was not a big i one of the first things I did was was record my own chords onto a little cassette player so that I could play to it. I didn't I, I didn't used to sit there and work out other people's stuff. That you know, I mean, obviously I did, but not like like friends of mine who'd know like you know, all like the you know, the Hendrix songs and the Robin Trower songs and all this and I didn't know I was like, I don't know all those songs, you know. I but I would just I'd sit and put chords on an old little cassette play, you know, and, 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 uh, and then play to that. Well, it's giving you your own sound too. Yeah. So, what are, so people can, obviously you're selling your, 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 can people get your beer? I just, are there certain bars they can get your beer? And then let's talk that. And also about if you're interested in any kind of production, are you producing for people? Are you doing guitar for people? Are you, you know what I'm saying? Like for tracks or a lot of people have different services that they're doing now. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I've worked with a couple of people around here. I mean, definitely, I'm you know, um, as everybody is now, you kind of a you know, you're doing you're doing a bit of everything, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it's like so. Um, I I yeah I I'm I'm playing for, playing for people on tracks, um, still producing it. Although that's you know, it's again, it's it's tough to get the the sort of budgets to be able to do what you want to do. Right. Um, you know, uh, work with some local artists, which has been good, which has been fun. Um, People can reach out to you on your website. You have a great website, actually, to take a look at. I have a pull up here I want to talk about for a minute, too. I want to direct people to it. Um, yeah, absolutely. You, you can get me through the website. Um, it actually needs updating badly, but, but it is, but it is uh, everything's there. Right, so you have a section broken down as film and TV. I'm kind of just half looking over it because I can't remember all stuff ahead. You've done a lot of name stuff, but not a lot of people that people are going to recognize the names of these uh, shows and you know people you've worked with over the years. So it's not like they're no namers either. People are going to be like, oh, I know this. 
No, I mean, I've done stuff like, you know, I may have worked with Bill Moyers on that Rikers Island um, documentary, which was, yeah. you know, fantastic to, you know, um, you know, right. from, you know, just done all sorts from with the PBS stuff doing like re rewriting the sort of Monty Python uh, uh, intro, you know what I mean? So it's just yeah. in these wacky, wacky projects, which have been fun. Dr. Wayne Dyer. I mean, so you've worked a lot of very different stuff, which is kind of fun. And it's all here for people to check out. Um, and you also have a breakdown of your music. We kind, of, we kind of broke down a little bit tonight. But you have a lot of stuff. You have a lot of stuff there for people to check out. You know, it's, it's really kind of cool the way it's set up. Um, and those songs. Um, you have a breakdown of your history, obviously, who you are. <laughs> so nice <laughs> shots. And a lot of stuff you've done over the years. It's hugely the large thing. Um, and then contact for you and so people can reach out if they want to get you for anything absolutely yeah um composition guitar production <laughs> beer beer <laughs> you name right? it yeah that's a full night right sit down have yeah. a beer do a song record it it's all done yeah. full full service I mean, really that where i am there it's like it's just the perfect place it's like, <laughs> yeah you're like i'm actually getting ready to go do catering i'm gonna get some catering yeah. gonna, after this after this tonight's show <laughs> just as my last thing i have to check off my list on the full service center right <laughs> that's awesome well, i want to thank you for coming on this has been great um no thank you uh you know i loved your music early on it was great to to, to rediscover you and then be like oh actually because i i'm aware of some of the other stuff you've done and not knowing it and that's one of the fantastic things about music and that i've discovered the show sharing with musicians and and other fans that um there's so much out there that's happened during that block of time especially when like when music took the weird dip like I, and you being a musician I actually could say like when you were in the 90s doing your uh, lux it was a weird time for music like i don't think anybody knew what they're doing you're wearing shirts so with long sleeves over short sleeve shirts people are dressing backwards right. people you can't be you can't be glamorous you're not doing guitar solos anymore even though you've been doing guitar your entire life you're just doing chords and you're throwing your guitar, breaking it. It was a weird role for music. And there's some great pop songs that were in all that. And a lot of great bands came out of it, too. Um, yeah, yeah. But a lot of garbage bands came out, too, just like in the 80s and 70s and 60s. It's just life. But it was a weird time. It's almost like music didn't have an identity back then. That For me, I had a hard time putting a fingerprint on the identity of music. And it feels like the looks. And it, imagine how quickly things changed from like when, like when, like when metal and rock went out. And then it kind of became grungy. But then, like you said, Kitty came along. So that wasn't grungy, but it was kind of like a metal, but not like a metal core. Like it, everything changed was just in flux, you know? Yeah, and I mean, I, I mean, well, not ironically, but the metal scene, scene sorry, seems to, um, that seems to, like, they, it's such a tight-knit kind of... Community? Uh, community, yeah. Like that, it's, 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 I almost, it's kind of weird, like, you know, when the, we were, you know, we were a rock band, which was like the mainstream thing, if you like. Right. There was right. jazz and then there was blues and there was metal. And all of those jazz, blues and metal, they're still playing the same, they're still there, but yep. the rock thing just kind of, wet, you know, changed. Um, it's kind of, it's sort of interesting. It is, and, and luckily we have things like, like Europe and, and Asia really supported you know in germany a lot of those a lot of the rock things the festivals guitarists jazz music you know um a lot of outside 
you know, you take the popular music of, of the USA for those years. Otherwise, it just would have annihilated your career 100%. You could go other avenues. You know, I think a lot of those now have finally established themselves. Like, rock's in a good place right now. We're doing flyout gigs, and there's, there's fun. There's no competition really now. Some of these bands are putting out some of their best albums ever. They're getting paid better without being on a tour bus. You know, not for everybody, but but right. I think it's actually locked itself in. Like, the world realizes the flexibility and how to go. I think it, you know, it came up on top, you know, considering you can't be on, on top because you always fall down. But it found this has a nice spot now, you know. Right, right. People are back out again, which is good. Yeah, it's got a city at the dinner table now. <laughs> yeah. You're not just going to sit at the top. You, someone, you will always fall if you're at the top. Every 10 years, it, it goes, you know. <laughs> but if you sit at the same table, you just move your chair when things get kind of <laughs> It'll be okay. <laughs> you know, that's it. All right, man, I want to thank you. This has been great, you being on the show. I appreciate it, man. That, I appreciate it, too. Um, 